Hi everyone, this is Tyler Martin, the host of the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to teaching busy people how to develop lifelong fitness habits and fit sustainable diet and exercise into their life. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, for more information about my book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about how to overcome some of the little talked about philosophical and psychological challenges of making regular diet and exercise part of your lifestyle. When I talk about lifestyle and behavior change, what I'm normally talking about in most of my other podcasts and articles is how to build maintainable fitness habits so that you don't have to put as much effort and thought into doing what's necessary to stay fit because habits are about making things automatic, right, where you don't have to think about them. And I believe that on a practical level, this is the very best approach to making lifestyle changes that are going to be maintainable long term to focus on making behavior automatic so that you're not having to think about it. But to reach the point where you are ready to begin the process of building a lasting habit, you need to have the right mindset in order to begin there. This is the prerequisite to building healthy habits that you can actually stick with is having a a good mindset uh, to get you in the place of starting to build a habit. The most common and cliche piece of mindset advice for motivating yourself is to find your why. Find the reason, um, identify the reason that you want to make some kind of healthy behavior change. Anyone in the field of health and fitness or that works in behavior change in general is going to tell you that it's crucial to pinpoint exactly why you want to make a change. They'll probably have you set very concrete, measurable goals, and this is very valid advice. This is what you should do if you're trying to make a change. You need to find your why to determine what's really motivating you to want to change. But I think there are a few very overlooked components of winning the mindset game of living a healthy lifestyle that don't get talked about as much. And that is what I really want to focus on in today's podcast. The first factor that we're going to discuss is the need to be selfish about your physical fitness. And the second factor that we're going to discuss is the need to believe in your ability to make change at all, in your ability to be effective. I believe that both of these factors are just as important as identifying your why uh, when it comes to making lifestyle change, but they don't tend to get as much of the spotlight when it comes to making change because these are deeper issues that can be more difficult to overcome. Many people find it difficult to be selfish about their physical fitness needs, and they find it difficult to be confident in their ability to make meaningful change because both of these things require adopting mindsets that are different from most people's usual attitudes. These types of changes can be difficult because 
They aren't surface level issues. Your general attitudes about things like self-worth and personal efficacy are deeply rooted psychological and philosophical attitudes, but nevertheless, they matter immensely when it comes to making behavior change. Before we dive in, I will say at the beginning that I'm not a psychologist or a professional philosopher, but nevertheless, I think I have some insights to share that I really believe can be helpful for people who want to make regular diet and exercise and just healthy living in general part of their everyday life and eventually reach the point where they can start to turn those new behaviors into habits. So with that, let's jump. First, let's talk about the notion of being selfish about one's physical fitness. To be selfish about your physical fitness is to recognize the value of having a healthy body and to give yourself permission to spend time tending to your fitness. It's granting yourself 20 minutes every day to take care of yourself, even if that means delaying or not doing something else. In some cases, this will mean saying no to some chore or task or request. This means that what you do for others might have to wait. Your friends and your family might have to wait, or your kids might have to wait to get picked up or dropped off a bit later. In some contexts, you will need to give yourself permission to prioritize your time for self-care over other things. The idea of fitness selfishness is that you hold your own life as your highest value and as a strong contributor to your health and quality of life. You need to recognize and act on the fact that you have a right to make time to prioritize your fitness. Now I want to address why many people find it difficult to give themselves full permission to be selfish about prioritizing their physical fitness. The notion of being selfish about anything can be difficult because it goes against the grain of the way most people are accustomed to thinking and acting. Many people are ingrained with the idea that life is about doing for others, about sacrificing our time and energy to meet the needs of other people. But consistently making the time every day to get exercise and eat healthy meals, for instance, requires prioritizing your well-being and quality of life. And in many cases, this is going to mean downgrading the importance of other priorities, including the priorities of other people or your obligation to other people. You should never feel guilty about doing what's necessary to ensure that your general health and fitness are uh, being taken care of, that you're doing what's necessary to, to square those away. And the expectations of other people, even people that you care about, shouldn't be a claim on your time and energy, the time and energy that you need to take care of yourself. If there are people in your life that really care about you, then they'll respect your right to take care of yourself. 
For instance, my wife and I fully support each other's need to exercise and eat healthy every day, no matter what's going on. If my wife Morgan tells me that she needs to take some time to get in her daily workout, I never am going to complain about this. I always encourage her because I respect her right to prioritize her well-being and because ultimately her health is a value to me, so I want her to be as, as healthy as possible. And vice versa, if, if I need to take time out of my day to get in my workout, she fully supports and understands me in doing this for exactly the same reasons. If you've ever felt guilt about making time for personal fitness, you are probably someone who struggles with this notion of being selfish and trying to prioritize your needs over the obligations of other people, which could include even family members and children and so forth. Ultimately, this is a moral dilemma that you need to work out if you ever want to be successful at living a healthy lifestyle. It's not immoral to take care of yourself. Making time for health and fitness shouldn't come with any guilt. The first step of building a healthy lifestyle is giving yourself permission to be selfish about your physical fitness. And to give yourself permission to really put your life first and make it a priority. And if there are people in your life who don't recognize your right to a healthy lifestyle, then those people don't really care about you. And you might be in a position where you need to reevaluate the value of those relationships to your life. Long-term healthy living requires having a selfish attitude and you have a moral right to attempt to live a healthy lifestyle. Your life and the quality of that life belongs to you and no one else. No one else has a claim on your life or how you spend your time. The second philosophical and psychological hurdle that many people face when trying to make a lifestyle change is a deep skepticism about their ability to make behavior change. If you've ever started a new diet or workout plan with a strong degree of doubt that it would be successful, then you know the type of skepticism that I'm talking about. Making change requires having confidence that change is even possible for you. If you don't believe that you're capable of behavior change, then you're not going to stay motivated for very long. There are at least two ways in which people tend to be skeptical about their ability to make a lifestyle change. They can be skeptical about the method that they're using to try to change which could be a skepticism about the specific type of, let's say, diet or exercise protocol that they're trying to utilize. The second type of skepticism is a general skepticism about one's overall ability to make changes. This former type of skepticism, the skepticism of a particular method, can be valid and is something um, that you know, isn't necessarily a problem. It's fair to ask, is this, for instance, exercise regimen backed by science, or is it compatible with my particular lifestyle? You need to identify the uh, 
let's say fitness methods or diet methods or whatever lifestyle change you're trying to make, you need to identify the method that's going to be most effective for you. And in some contexts, some methods are certainly better than others. The type of skepticism that I'm concerned with is the general type of skepticism about one's own capacity for change in general. Many people have this default attitude of why bother even trying? I always fail. There is a, there's something wrong with me. I'm doomed to failure type of attitude here that kills motivation and makes failure a self-fulfilling prophecy. This is a deep-seated belief that many people walk around with every day. It's a deterministic worldview in which people feel that they have no agency when it comes to the direction of their own lives. So how can people overcome this? Well, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, these are tough philosophical issues that don't always have an answer. But if you don't recognize them as problems and address them, they will undermine your ability to build a healthy and fulfilling lifestyle. While the solution to deep personal skepticism isn't always easy to implement or even understand, there are some things that people can do to make progress in this area. The first step is to notice the skepticism and be aware of it. Next, you need to question its origin. Ask, what is the source of this doubt? Is it warranted or unwarranted? Is it rational or irrational? I think that people often don't give themselves enough credit. They say, I failed at every diet that I've tried, and therefore I must be doomed to failure when it comes to dieting. But this is very short-sighted. This doesn't mean that you're ineffective at everything you'll ever try. Look at the areas of your life where you are effective. Do you earn a living? Do you pay the bills? Do you take care of your loved ones? Did you graduate from school? Everyone has had success at doing something, even if it's just a moderate level of success. If you manage to keep the lights on and keep food in your belly, then you've been successful at something in the past. And these life experiences should be enough to say, I am capable of doing things. I have intentionally implemented behaviors in the past to achieve a goal, and I have been successful. Even if your successes have been in other areas of life and have been modest, virtually everyone has had some of them. And that should be enough evidence that change is at least possible for you. You're not doomed to failure. Whenever you feel doubt that living a healthy lifestyle is possible for you, look at the whole of your life and recognize that you have a history of being effective at something. And therefore, it's probably irrational to jump to the conclusion that you are determined to fail at everything you do, including attempts to live a healthier lifestyle. For people who struggle with skepticism, it's a best practice to start a fitness journey with very achievable goals. Because in the beginning, the goal is less about making major changes and more about improving or more about proving to yourself that 
it's even possible for you to set a fitness goal and achieve it. It can be helpful um, to give yourself some really easy wins to build up a body of evidence that you can use to prove to yourself that you're capable of being successful. This is why I'm such a big fan of setting procedural goals, like holding yourself accountable for doing a daily workout. Because with a procedural goal, if you're consistent with it, you get the immediate satisfaction of success, which helps you build up confidence. And as you build confidence, it becomes easier to break down these skeptical attitudes. I also want to point out a third type of skepticism that relates to the selfishness issue. I think that in many cases, people are skeptical about their ability to change because of their unselfish attitudes towards fitness and self-care. If you think, I'll never be able to do this diet or this workout because of work obligations or family obligations or social obligations, then the cause of your skepticism is your inability to be selfish to recognize your moral right to take care of yourself. This type of skepticism is unique because it's not that the people who experience it feel ineffective as individuals. They might believe that in a perfect world, they could make lifestyle change because they'd be free from all of the duties and obligations that they they hold to other people or that they have with other people. But they feel incapable and guilty for attempting lifestyle change because of these self-imposed duties to be to be unselfish and to be successful at healthy living you must give yourself moral permission to prioritize your life and your health if you believe that obligation and duty to other people is the essence of your life the goal of your life then ultimately your lifestyle is going to be dictated by other people and not by you so let's end today's podcast on what i think is the most important idea to hold if you want to live a healthy lifestyle long term which is your life including your time belongs to you and no one who really cares about you would demand that you sacrifice your health or your well-being at their expense. You should, with moral certainty, make time for healthy living and you should have belief in your ability to set a fitness goal or a lifestyle-related goal and act to achieve it confidently. No one has a duty to sacrifice their health and well-being and no one is doomed to fail at healthy living. Thanks again for listening to the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or found it valuable, please subscribe, please like, and please share with others who you think may find it helpful. Also, please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, to gain access to other podcasts and articles, access my free fitness calculator tool, and download a free teaser of the first three chapters of my new book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise, which is available wherever books are sold. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for future episodes.